Welcome to our channel. As you take your time to listen to God's word today with us, we believe and pray that your faith will be strengthened up and we hope that this sermon will be a blessing to you as well as your family. Go with me to Mark chapter 2 and uh, we are going to stay in Mark chapter 2 from verse 1 to 12. If you got your Bibles with you, go with me to Mark chapter 2 from verses 1 to 12. Look at the person who's sitting next to you, look at them and tell them, you are looking super nice today. Have you said that? That's great. You're looking super nice today, Finney. Great. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room. Even outside the door, while he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, We have never seen anything like this before. What is the three, a theme for us this year? What is the theme? Pray like never before. We have been asking God, Lord, we want to see like never before moments. Something that has never happened before, we want to see it happen in our generation. We want to see it happen in our church. We want to see it happen in all of our lives. It is a hunger and a thirst that we all carry. We want to have this like never before moment. But at the same time, the first place that we need to start is that we need to first start connecting to God like never before. We need to start praying like never before. Just to experience like never before uh, moments from God, we need to also start experiencing God like never before. The title of my sermon this morning is A Faith to Transform a City. Can we be the church like never before that has made an impact in an entire city? I have gone across to many cities and to many nations. God has given me the privilege. And many cities got something that attracts people to that city, right? Dubai is known for its high risers, right? The buildings. People are attracted 
to go to that city because of great buildings, architecture, great food, all those things. People go to New York. There's a lot of things that is attractive about New York. People go to London. There's a lot of things that is attractive about London. People move to Trichy all the way from North India because there is something amazing in Trichy and we call it... Whoa. I thought you were going to say Bishop Eber College. <laughs> okay. Can we be the church where people come to this city because they're attracted to what God is doing in and through this church? Is that possible? Can we be the church where people look up and say, oh my goodness, I really want to know what is going on with these people in this church. Because for a revival to happen, for a, for a city to become attractive, for a nation to see the move of God like never before, it starts with you and I. It starts with our life becoming the most attractive thing in the eyes of God. It starts with our prayer, our Bible reading, our life being set out for God in such a way that everybody is like, what's going on here? Can we be the church that attracts people to Jesus? Can we hear testimonies where people say, I drove 12 hours down just to be in this church to find out what God is doing. We came with our families. We came with our teenagers because many teenagers' lives are being changed in this church. So we want to bring our teenagers too to catch some of that fire because we need that in our home. Who brings that change? God. How does he do it? Through his word. How does it happen? When we all decide to model God's word to each other and live through a life that is filled by faith. Filled by faith. If there is one thing that can be the most attractive thing in your life that even God gets attracted to is your faith. Is your faith. You check throughout the Bible. Even at Heart and Soul Night, I spoke on this. And I said, you know, we, we learned that, you know, when that woman touched that, just the edge, the hem of his garment, just the edge, the corner of God's, of Jesus' dress, and she received a power. She received a healing. And even Jesus had to stop and find out who this person was. He was shocked. He was amazed. For a son of God to be shocked and amazed and wanting to know how the power of God was activated out of his body without even him doing anything. Your faith can pull out things from the realm of God without even God doing something about it. That's how attractive faith can be. So King City Church, I have just one question for you. Whether you've been part of this church for a long time or whether you're here for the first time, you're still part of our family. Right? 
And there's only one question I have for you. Do we have a faith big enough, big enough that we believe that we can change the city in the name of Jesus? We need to start living that lifestyle. We need to start praying such a way. Others might not be able to do it. Others might try and fail. And we are going to keep trying because we know that we have God on our side. D.L. Moody says this, if you have God on your size, God on your side, don't waste your time with small visions. In other words, your vision should be God-sized vision. Your dream should be God-sized dream. I am dreaming of this church. This is, by the way, just a preliminary sermon for Vision Sunday. Did you hear about Vision Sunday? What's happening on Vision Sunday? Fellowship lunch. <laughs> a lunch that can transform my life for the rest of the day. <laughs> yes, fellowship lunch is great. Last time we had great fellowship lunch. Everybody brought food. That's a lot of fellowship. But next Sunday, I'm going to speak on what is the dream that God has for our church. Today, it's a starter pack of the main course. Yeah? You know, before they introduce the main thing, there is a starter pack. Right? So next Sunday will be your main course. But today is starters. If you feel, oh, your starters itself this heavy are. Next week it will be really heavy. Spiritually and physically. You ready for it? Are you excited about Vision Sunday? Can we dream of a church where people hear the name Trichy and they think KCC. Not because of the name of the church. Not because a bunch of famous people come here or something. Not because there are, yes, there are a lot of famous people here, I know. But not because of our, any of our physical representation, but simply because of the Holy Spirit move that is over the life of the city because we all said yes to God. You see, this is what is happening in Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. Verse 1 and 2, it says, verse 2, it says, Soon the house where he was staying was so packed. This is the church we are dreaming for. It was so packed that there was no room even outside the door. I've been in cities where I've seen people queuing up to get inside nightclubs. Nightclubs. I have seen some great places in Trichy where men are just falling on each other to be filled by the Spirit. You know that place? <laughs> They're falling on each other. They come like this to be filled by the Spirit and they also go like this to be filled by the Spirit. 
But I am dreaming of a church where there will be long queues just to get in. Not because it's filled by any other spirit, but filled by the Holy Spirit. Where they are so hungry and thirsty for God, where teenagers and generations are ready to come and get in here and get something from God. There is no space left. The room was so packed, even outside the door, which means that outside the door people are standing, wanting to get in. It is a representation to show that no church can ever fit the need and the vision what God has. Hello? No church can ever fit the need and the vision that God has. We don't have a big enough space. If God to save, say, 1 million people today, there's 1.2 million people in this uh, city. I hope you all prayed for that. Today, there's 1.2 million people in Trichy and God decides 1 million today. Do we have space? Do we have a heart first to accept that? Do we have a mind to actually believe that it could happen? Can God transform an entire city because there was a bunch of few people believed for it in their heart, really believed for it in their heart and hungered for it? All it takes just 10 people or 12 people to really be hungry and thirsty to know and to believe God saying that I can see a transformation in my sin. Pastor, but... There's only one problem. What is it? First, I need my transformation. I am praying and asking God for some things. He is not answering any of that yet. If God doesn't have time for that itself, how does he have time for revival? You wait, pastor. Let him first deal with me. Then you talk about revival and all that. Then we will have burden for the city and all that. The Bible says, seek first his kingdom and everything else will be added unto you. When your life becomes a channel for his revival, for his fire, for his burden, for his vision to be running and flowing and to fulfill into other people's life, when you become a channel for that, automatically your life is transformed. Transformed in such a way that your life is expanded. God expands your boundaries. God expands your finances. God expands your hunger for him. God expands your spirituality. God expands every area of your life. Because if you need to fit God in your life, you can't fit him with your narrow-mindedness. You can't fit God into your life, into your plans with just your 10 prayer points that you have for you and for yourself and for you and for you and for you and the last point is also you. It's okay to pray for you. God loves you. But not me alone God. But there are so many people who are still out there in the door that we need to fit in. Help me, Holy Ghost. Help me, Holy Spirit.
you might be young you might be older it does not matter god can use you right now right now if you have a hunger for god the gifting is already upon your life all you need is the vision all you need is a heart all you need is a hunger all you need is to say that i am not going to back down until there is no more room until there is no more room i am not going to back down you see what happens is verse 3 and 5 watch this four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat you see verse 2 it says what there is no room right and there is also no room outside the door which means that there is zero access to get to jesus basically it's clotted and blocked people overflowing there's literally no space for this four men and one paralyzed man on a mat to get in which means that this four men had all the reasons to go and come back the next day right these guys had all the reasons to say oh maybe not today we'll pray another time oh maybe not this heart and soul maybe next month oh maybe not this sunday maybe another sunday or maybe not this life group maybe another life group they had all the reasons to say it's too full body we came all the way here can you see for yourself it's too full they had all the reasons to say that verse 4 it says they couldn't bring him to jesus because of the crowd so here comes radical faith here comes people who are believing for transformation of other people's lives more than their own Amen. here comes people who are ready to do anything and everything up and down so that somebody will get to jesus and it says <laughs> if that verse was in this time it would have been written very differently they couldn't bring him to jesus because of the crowd so they went back so they said we will call jesus another time and pray for you over the phone so they said we will try next month so they said this is not god's will for your life we have come to a place of insane laziness not just laziness insane laziness in the church we have come to a place of insane laziness in the kingdom of god where people are too comfortable because you got your portion you got yours you got your salvation your life is going up you got a life group you got a church you got things going on for your life yes you got needs but still there is something fine in your life it's okay but these guys were different these guys wanted to see transformation happen and their prayer prayer was here and now 
It should happen in my generation. It should happen not 20 years down the line. It should happen in my generation here and now. Can we be a church that dreams of that? Can we be God's people that will say, I want to see a change here and now in my life, in, my, in the life of my children, in my family, in my neighbor's home. I want to see it happen here and now. Aren't we stubborn about many things? Does God have to teach you stubbornness? When it comes to something that we really desire, we can be really stubborn. Turn to the person who's sitting next to you, look at them, and tell them, Pastor is not mad at you. He really likes you. He's just passionate about what he's preaching. Just relax. I just want to see in my lifetime. Whatever Zion has to see in her lifetime, that's her prayer. I don't care about that. That's her faith. But I want to see a generation. I want to see people queuing up to get into God's presence. I want to see people throwing themselves on the microphone because they want to share a testimony. I want to see a day when we get together and worship and we are not able to finish the worship session because nobody wants to go home. I want to see a generation that is hungry and thirsty for God. I want to see a generation raise up who will say, it does not matter what is happening, I'm going to be there in the presence of God and I want to see it happen here and now. That's the kind of pastor you have. Sorry. But I'm not sorry also. That's the kind of church you're coming to. So if you're looking for a cozy, cozy, comfortable place where you can just sit and consume, go to Damro. They have nice cushions, furnitures. Go to Lifestyle, Home Center. Go to some theater. Go to any other places where you can be nice, cozy, cozy, sit and consume. But God has not called us to be just consumers, but people of radical faith who believe that there will be a radical transformation simply because we put our hearts and our prayers together. Amen. The Bible says, they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Now this is a moment... Where Jesus is experiencing a like never before miracle moment. Nobody, where Jesus healed, he saw, he saw blind men walking towards. He saw lepers walking towards. All happened in the open. Here is Jesus stuck inside a house. He does not know what is happening outside. He is there teaching. He's not even performing any miracles at this point. He is there teaching and speaking to people. It's like a home service. It's like a house church. It's maybe like a life group. Just, you know, he's sitting and teaching. And then all of a sudden, he sees a hole on the roof. Maybe Jesus was like, hey, 
God, this thing happened during baptism, no? Where you opened everything and you spoke. Here is, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Wait, what's this happening again? And then he sees these four men dropping this guy like right down in front of, they lowered the man on his mat. Watch that. He lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. The mat belongs to the man. The mat represents his problems. The mat represents his life. The mat represents everything that he's been sitting on for the rest of his life, for, for the entire past of his life. So these men carried this man who was paralyzed in his mat. In his mat. And they lowered him in front of Jesus. This is all we need to do. Turn to the person, look at them and tell them, this is all we need to do, Da. This is gospel. This is all we need to do. Bring the problem, the thing is, we try to change their mat before they come to church. Hey, you can't come like this. We are all different people. Holy, holy nation. Royal, royal priesthood. You forgot your matter. The mat of sin that you lived in. The mat of unrighteousness that you lived in. The mat of idol worship that you lived in. You forgot your mat. Didn't you come with your own mat? They lowered this man in his mat. Today, the problem is we are too scared to bring people to God because we are scared about their mat. Oh, pastor, you don't know their background. Yeah, I don't know their background. God knows it. You have no idea how deep the issue is. This mat has many holes. Some mats are unstitchable. Unhealable, untouchable. And I am asking you, who are you to decide that? Who am I to decide that? Let them come in their own mats. But just our job is to lower them in front of Jesus. Do you have a lifestyle? Do you have a faith? Do you have a prayer lifestyle? Do you have a hunger in your life where every day you look at the community, you look at the city, you look at the friends that is living around you, but you look through their mat. You look through their, pro- you look through their prophetic eyes. You look through spiritual eyes. You don't see just on the outside because on the outside it looks beautiful. But on the inside, they are broken. They don't want to show that to you because nobody likes anything broken. But God will give you an eyes. God will give you a spirit. God will give you a mindset. God will help you activate your gift where you see them through their brokenness and you tell them, come to Jesus. Yes, my life is broken too. I had a worse mat before. But he took my mat away and clothed me 
with the robe of his righteousness. What you're seeing on me is not mine. But it does belong to me now. Because of his love. Because of his grace. I once was lost. I once was paralyzed. I once was blind. I once was broken. I once was worshipping idols. I once was hopeless. I once was literally broke. I had no money. I once, I once, I once, but now I have everything. Maybe not physically, but the one who is able to do beyond than I could ever ask for. He's mine. He's mine. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Now watch what happens in verse 5. In verse 5, this is what God can do when we do what these men did. If we have this kind of faith as a church, as a church, God can radically transform the lost people in this city. Verse 5 it says, seeing their, what? Seeing their, seeing their, so if you and I live this lifestyle with this desire in our heart, with this burden in our heart, seeing your, seeing KCC's, do you have faith that you have faith? Seeing your, it says seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, what did he say? This is where he vechara twist. What is it? This is the twist in the plot. Everybody expected in that verse, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, get up. Isn't that what they expected also? When these four men carried this paralyzed man, what is the obvious need of this paralyzed man? It's a physical need. The obvious need is a physical need. That is what these guys had faith for. They did not bring him for his sins to be forgiven. They brought him to get up and walk. So when they lowered this man in his mat, in front of Jesus, Jesus does kingdom style. Because he knows that you can get up and walk, but still be a sinful man. What is better? To be healed, but still a sinner? Or to be righteous, but still be crippled? What is more important in the eyes of God? Righteousness. Righteousness. Everybody say righteousness. That was his purpose. That's what he came for. He has not yet gone to the cross. He has not yet shed his blood. He has not yet risen from the tomb. But here is something God is doing. Here is something Jesus is doing. 
and he says to the paralytic man my child your sins are forgiven now these four men who brought him to jesus so that he can be healed from his paralytic state looked at jesus and they probably thought you said what now <coughs> hello we did not come for the sins we pay sacrifices for sins we go to the temple and we give animals that's what we do jesus you are a jew you must know this this is what we do we just want you to do what you do what you are good at we've heard that you have touched so many people risen so many people so many people are healed can you do the same for this guy this is our prayer isn't it we heard that you blessed at pakati vitakka i also want the same blessing they got a brand new car how come i am not yet getting any branding no branding is happening in my life they got this they got that that happened this happened i want this i want that blah 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 every day children are thinking you are speaking in tongues but you are just going blah 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 you are running out of prayers because you are overwhelmed of what god is doing around you and you keep singing do it again do it again do it again in my life lord like in theirs here on earth as in my neighbor's house here at my home as in their life we are we are so soaked up because our eyes is set on the things that are not above but are things that are around we are so focused on that because we live paul says run this race but looking above not around but we are constantly running like this only you're constantly looking at your side mirrors you're constantly looking at rear view mirrors you're constantly looking either you're running away from something or running into something or running in competition with something else when god has called you for something greater amen you see what is happening here jesus says your sins are forgiven your sins are forgiven because he knew that what is going to happen the greatest miracle is not the miracle of this man getting up to walk is this man walking into eternity with jesus one day that's the greatest miracle you and i we have lot of paralyzed people around us lot of paralyzed people around us you might sit there and think pastor i am one of them too i am paralyzed by my problems i feel crippled by the situation at my home I feel paralyzed because of the financial issues. I am paralyzed because of the fear of the future. But Jesus has already said, "Get up and walk." Why are you still in your mat? What does that mean, pastor? It means that you take a step of faith to see a transformation happen in somebody's life while you are still broken. Oh, I can't do that at all. 
that is a little too much huh? out of context i am not ready for it yet maybe one day i will be ready you will never be ready you hold on there on the cross jesus i am coming to you i will be ready one day to accept what you have done for me one day i will accept by your stripes you are healed right now no it takes step of faith to move into a radical life changing life transformation lifestyle where you say even when i don't see it happen in my life i'm going to trust god for somebody else even if i am paralyzed with problems you will realize you will realize something when you live like this you will realize actually you're not paralyzed you're paralyzed here many of us as christians we are called to live in freedom but the devil has trapped us and paralyzed us in our head you are called to live in victory you're called to live a lifestyle of freedom jesus has paid it all he has done it all step out make a bold courageous decision into what god is calling you to be without you stepping out you will not see what god has for your life no 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 i'll still stay here i'll still stay here i'll just do peekaboo with jesus peekaboo god are you going to answer my prayer today god is not trying to play peekaboo with you he is not trying to play any games with you he is just say when he looked at peter he said come but i am in the boat there is storm there is sea yes come i have never walked on water i know come it is not prince by principle possible for a human being to walk on water is it i know come i have so much debts i have so much problem i don't know what i'm going to do tomorrow is it great let's go i am fearful and scared of my future is it fantastic i need you only i was looking for you only come i am not good enough perfect qualified come he wants you he wants you he wants you he wants you not just for you to be you but to do something greater and radical for his kingdom and his glory when jesus forgave the sins verse 6 to 11 it says some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves they did not even say it okay and watched their posture they were they were sitting there these are religious people who are traditional in their mindset who think that they know everything about god I mean for God's sake why were you sitting buddy If I saw somebody opening a roof and a man coming down that is my cue to stand up and be curious of what God is about to do But they were sitting there an entire roof was open a man was brought down in front of Jesus I am pretty sure everybody else were standing except for these religious folks because they already know everything about God they already have put the number of possibilities that could ever happen with god 
they have put their god inside the box of their theology they have contained god into the rules and the regulations and into the walls of their church that's all god is for them what could ever happen now and here we are about to witness a great miracle and they are thinking in their heads they are just thinking they were sitting there thought to themselves what is he saying huh this is not possible who is he to forgive sins this is blasphemy only god can forgive sins i have learned this in king city leadership college all you leadership college students don't think you know god in next 2 years of your life you are just scratching the surface always expect more be ready be ready for god to do radical things that you have never seen before don't ever set yourself in religious mindset thinking a plus b equal to c with god not doesn't work that way doesn't work that way we have to sing only hymns so that jesus christ will come here doesn't work that way don't be married to methods don't be stuck with this and that just know that the, if the god is there anything could happen if god is in your life anything can happen he can turn any situation for his glory if he is going to turn something for his glory that means that only good things are going to happen he's not going to let you down on anything so these guys were sitting there they were thinking to themselves what is he saying this is blasphemy only god can forgive jesus knew immediately what they were thinking so he asked them this is scary right imagine if i knew everything that you are thinking right now and then i say hey jasper hey huh it was almost that moment jesus like hey yele come here fellows sitting there huh? come why do you question this in your hearts in other words i know exactly what you are questioning in your hearts even if your thoughts have not yet changed into prayers god knows your thoughts before your prayers remember that in your thoughts you will like, yo why god is doing all this and then you oh pastor has said we have to pray about this and then you go to god my dear loving gracious father god said eh <laughs> oh the god of heavens you are the great i am oh really you want to quote bible verse on me now he knows your thoughts before your prayers so don't do hocus pocus with god don't go to him to, you know because he hasn't heard your thoughts now he is going to listen only to your prayer and don't go do sweet talking to jesus in your prayer If you feel frustrated go with that frustration in your thoughts in prayer also he knows it It's okay nobody has to clap for this 
That's the truth of who God is. And we think that God only starts listening after we open our mouth in prayer. And here he is, he goes, why do you question this in your heart? And he asks them this question. Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven? Or stand up, pick up your mat and walk? Which one is easy? They are like, what? First of all, they are shocked. The fact that he understood what was going on in their hearts. Second, he is asking a question, which in physically both are tough. Is it a yes or a yes kind of question? Which is easy? Forgiving your sin, to say your sins are forgiven. No, that's not easy. Can you also say, pick up your mat and walk? Is that possible for you? No, that's not possible for us also. So which one is easy for you? Nothing is easy for you. What can you do? Is there anything possible for you to do? No, there's nothing possible for us, sir, to do. No, no nothing. Then shut up and sit. Because all things are possible with me. When you doubt God, there's one thing to doubt yourself. There's one thing to doubt the authority of God. Don't go to a place ever in your life where you doubt the authority of who God is. That's a dangerous place. Look at the person next to you and tell them, that's a danger zone. Don't ever go there. But we are tempted to go there. We are tempted to say that. So now in verse 10 Jesus says, I will prove to you that the son, what is it written? That the son of, son of man, not son of God. That the son of man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. I am a human being, but I am God in human form. I represent the people of this earth as a son of man, but I still have the authority to forgive your sins. Because when Jesus dies on the cross, he died as a son of man for you and I, so that we can all become sons and daughters of God. So even as a son of man, his authority was unquestionable. He had the power to forgive sins. Then Jesus, I love this part. We're going to end this. Everybody say amen. amen. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up. Okay. And then he said, pick up your mat and walk. Stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. I always wonder, why did he make sure, like, come on, it's this mat that he doesn't like, huh? It's a mat that has been in his life for a very long time. It must be a really smelly mat. It must be a really old, rugged mat. It must be a mat with a lot of holes in it. But when Jesus set somebody free, he, you can't even leave behind your past that, is, that others can see. That he cleans you so well 
that you don't come back to your mat he doesn't want him to come back to the same mat again oh i used to be in a mat i miss my mat now i have to walk everywhere i used to have people carrying me and dropping me from roof and all what does it mean you get sophisticated through your blessings we get too sophisticated with what we had and this and that now it means pick up your mat and walk and also go keep telling about jesus wherever you go because you need this mat to tell about me i once used to be in this mat yay don't leave the mat and go da take it you need it for testimony time many people know we hide our mat ayyo padavegal ellam olindukondana in english old things are not gone it's hidden nobody should see my old cycle how i used to nobody should see the old no 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 god says pick up your mat let people see what i healed you from don't be ashamed of your past tell the story of what used to be a shame but now i changed it into glory in your life pick up your mat pick up your mat pick up your story pick where you left say it boldly so that others can hear not about who you used to be but who you are now and who changed you now that's how you transform a city the problem is we've all come to church but we forgot of our mat i'm not saying bring your problems back that's not what i'm saying what i am saying is remember who you used to be so when you come to church don't come swing 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 empty handed come with somebody who's still in the mat as for me and my household we will come to church great but where is the other people who are still in the mat you forgot your mat you forgot what god saved you from i'm waiting for a day that we would feel so guilty that we did not invite somebody to church i'm waiting for a day that god will give you sleepless nights because you didn't say the gospel to anybody on that day imagine god activated that the church will be suffering with insomnia <laughs> yeah imagine god decided hereafter anybody who has not preached the gospel or shared about my love or invited someone to church just not even one day you shall suffer with sleepless nights imagine god says that oh i will do night shifts thou shall not sleep in the day also <laughs> then you will be doing day shifts and night shifts think about it think about it we got to be a church that raises above our own life and sees the thing that god is doing there is something greater 
and god can change your life and transform your life as you step out in faith you might have a very messed up week you might be still dealing with your mat but when you go out on a saturday evening and personally invite somebody say hey next morning i'm going to church i know there is an empty chair next to me is there an empty chair next to you brother there is in one there is an empty chair next to me and i don't want to see any empty chairs next to me because i want to see somebody leaving their mat being healed from it i want to see somebody so can you come sit next to me i know god can touch you invite them invite them now this is not about seat filling uh, sermon because if you all keep doing this i have to remove the chair and make you sit on the floor because we will not have space that's the only way we can fit everybody think about it this is why we don't do this faster <laughs> we care about you so much huh? why would we give you trouble where will you go for more after service if we bought so many people the lord shall provide <laughs> it is not for yours to worry sister renu will take care of it amen <laughs> ah she said amen faith has already risen <laughs> have great faith to see this city can be transformed in my lifetime in your lifetime amen thank you for listening to our sermon today with us hope that it was a blessing for you as well as your family and if you would like to support our ministry you can do so by visiting kingcitychurch.org/give and we will meet you with another inspiring sermon next week god bless you